Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Genesis chapter 12. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go through and paraphrase this message for you and then share some scriptures with you. I felt like the Lord put this series on my heart leading up to the 4th of July. <clears throat> what is God's original intent for this nation? Or was there ever an intent, in, uh, intent by God? Was this just Christopher Columbus got in the boat, sailed over, saw the land, thought I'd you know, spend a few days or whatever, and just, just by chance he came to America? Or was there something more to America than just a piece of land sitting here? And um, years ago, I was in, a, in a, a, a situation with a bunch of pastors, and I don't care who you are or how well educated you are. If you don't know the intent of something, you will make something up based on your intellect. Does that make sense? But if you know the intent, then you can go back to it and you can say the intent was right or the intent was wrong. And, and then you can go from there. But if you don't know the original intent, then you'll come up with something yourself. And in this particular group, uh, I was sharing about something and some other people were sharing about something and they wanted to sign this uh, um, what did they call it? They wanted to sign a thing and put in the Journal and Courier that the person that took, that was constantly wanting the courthouse manger scene down there that they just really didn't want to be associated with her happened to be a lady uh, and, and that, uh, that it's and then one pastor said you know America is just a piece of land. A piece of land can't be a Christian nation. And I thought, that's contrary to Scripture. Because God said in Proverbs, or yeah, Psalms 24, honey, that, I always like you on the first row because then I can bounce it off. No, 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 you don't have to be on the first row. Is it Psalms 24 or Proverbs 24? The earth and the fullness thereof belong to the Lord. Pardon? Psalms? Yeah, Psalms 24, 1. Great. She is my walking, talking concordance. And, uh, but, but anyway, the, the, everybody say that. The earth, the earth belongs to God. So if God manifested himself as his son, in other words, in the Trinity, they're one and the same when God came down here uh, through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then could this earth belong to God? And could this be God's plan to be a Christian nation? And could the people of this nation be called evangelistically to become Christians? Could this be what the Mayflower Compact said, a place where people would come and find Jesus and and then the light of Jesus would go out to the world. That makes perfect sense to me. And I remember sharing with them and saying, the lady ought to be free to do whatever she wants. If she wants to put the manger scene on the courthouse, I don't see that contradicting the Word of God. It may upset some people in the government, but I don't see that as a contradiction to the Word of God. Now, whether you have a manger scene on the courthouse or not is not the most relevant part of certainly this message. But how many of you brought up, as I was brought up, there was always a manger scene? on the courthouse at Christmas. And I don't remember anybody fall, falling out, passing out, uh, committing suicide or anything else because the manger scene and Jesus was there. The only thing I remember was that they would occasionally steal Jesus out of that little <laughs> thing and take him and then he'd come back later on and he'd be okay. But, uh, you know, it, we sometimes uh, get lost in all of the political correctness of, well, what if having a manger scene 
offend somebody. Now, you've heard me say this before. I don't understand why some people think that if you get offended, it's the end of the world, or if you get your feelings hurt, it's the end of the world, or if you feel bad about something, it's the end of the world. My dad used to make me feel bad when I did things wrong. He, he did not say, oh, Billy, I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. They wrecked the car. You got drunk. No big deal. Come on. You know, that was not the way my dad raised me. Uh, he, he took a little bit more firmer action, and I realized that, you know what, I never forget the shop teacher messing around the school one day and 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 how many of you are from lafayette you're not as old as i am probably but any of you remember mr kivett he was a shop to you remember mr K- you remember mr kivett oh man he beat my butt one time uh, myself and, and this guy by the name of jerry were messing around and mr kivett was the kind of guy that i took him at his word after that but but uh, but, but he was the kind of guy that he's just so easy going and he'd tell you what to do and all. We hadn't been in this class but about a week. And finally, Jerry and I were acting up. And he said, hey, Jerry and Bill, would you guys stay after school just for a little while for me? He said, ah, sure, we'll bless you. You know, we'll do that. And uh, so we stayed after school. And he, he called us up the desk. And uh, he took Jerry first. And he said, now, Jerry, he said, listen, I just want you to know I, I don't want you to act up anymore. And uh, I just I thought, thought I'll show you how we handle it here. And then you, you'll know not to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And, you know. He said, so much you've been to my desk. And he pulled out this big, long paddle. And he hit Jerry so hard, right on his behind. And Jerry came up out of there, tears coming down his eyes. And I looked at Jerry, and I thought, oh, crap, I'm next. <laughs> and and, and Jerry went over in a corner, and he didn't want to cry, but he was like this. You know, I thought, I am not going to have this guy make me cry. I'm, I'll bend over. Boy, he hit me, and, it's, and I cried. I, tears came down. <laughs> we never, ever acted up in Mr. Kivett's class again. We were perfect little students, and he was great to us. He never was angry with us when he hit us with that paddle. It, probably today he'd be in jail or prison, but he never did. He did me a great favor, and he made me feel really bad about myself for a moment, and then it was over, and I became a better person for it. Does that make sense? But now we want everybody to feel good about what they do. Well, what if you, what you're doing is not good? What if what you're doing is bad? Should somebody come up as a watchman on the wall and say, look, you, you, the direction you're going is going to take you to hell, so we probably ought to talk about this thing before you get there, because once you get there, you're not going to have a chance to turn around. Does that make sense to anybody? Amen. Tell your neighbor that makes sense to me so far. Well, if a country is going the wrong direction... What is everybody going to do? Are they just going to talk about it? Are they going to say, look, we live in a different age frame? I had a young guy come up to me not too long ago. I think I've shared that here. And he said, I'm of a different generation. I'm an in-your-face generation. And I thought, it's a good thing that I got saved because I would have been the generation to knock you on your butt and then say, I don't like that generation, and my generation is stronger than your generation. Now, Honey, I told you I was thinking about using different language. I didn't really realize to go that direction. But but sometimes we have to stop and look at where are we in comparison to what is the intent for not only our lives as Americans, but our country as America. And tonight we're going to talk about that. The first uh, lesson that we had or the first message I shared was uh, on... uh, is America a Christian nation? And if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to get that, that CD. Is America 
a Christian nation. Now, I'll sum it all up for you. I believe there is adequate proof, uh, even in the Word of God, but, but America certainly is not mentioned specifically in the Word of God. But I believe that for all of our founding fathers and the documents of the Supreme Court and rulings that the Supreme Court from the very beginning with the Supreme Court First Justice John Jay, when he declared that the United States of America is a Christian nation where people are free to worship or not to worship as they feel led in this Christian nation. I don't believe that anything from the original intent has changed. I believe people's attitudes have changed toward the Bible, toward the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, toward whether or not you should have to follow laws. In America today, and I'm a little bit off the message here, I think, but I really feel this is of the Lord. In America today, a lot of people don't realize that this message, that this country is not a true democratic nation. This is a republic. In a democratic nation or a democratic form of government, the majority rules. In other words, whatever the majority want, that's the way it is. In a republic, you elect people to represent you in the government positions, and then they are bound by law that they can only make laws or abide by laws, but it's not the majority rules. For instance, if anybody, everybody in Lafayette came together and they say, we're going to outlaw churches and we're going to, and, and, and we're going to vote uh, and, and 60% of Americans want to outlaw all forms of religion. They can't do that because we are a republic that has a constitution. And in a republic, the law flows out of the constitution and the constitution protects the freedom of religion. That's what America is all about from the very beginning, uh, aside from the Christian aspect, we were all about people coming to practice their religion. Even if you read The Light and the Glory, you'll find out that many people believe that Christopher Columbus was from a Jewish family and that they were fleeing persecution in Spain and that all of the Jews in Spain were being ordered out of Spain and scattered again to different areas of the world. Now, that's a, that's a teaching for another time. But if you understand what America is all about, we have been given a constitutional form of government that our very founding fathers and their documents stated they believe the Holy Spirit gave them, they believe it came out of prayer, and they believe it was something that this nation was given by Almighty God. Many of them even felt that this nation was going to be a new Jerusalem because everything over there had shattered and spread around the world, and that much of our documents in the very beginning are based on Christian Judeo ethical values. Our laws under our Constitution, most of our laws are coming out of the Old Covenant and the gospel, and, and, and some of the Gospel, but out of the Old Covenant especially, and especially out of Isaiah. The Ten Commandments were something that they absolutely 
let rule them in all of the laws that came forth to represent our Constitution. That's why the Ten Commandments are shown in our National Archives. That's why the Ten Commandments are in the uh, Supreme Court. That's why the the edicts of they called them edicts of the prophecies of Isaiah are in the Supreme Court because they felt that the ruler of this land was the gospel of Jesus Christ with the old covenant and the new covenant brought together. As Pam ministered not too long ago, the old covenant was not done away with. The old covenant was completed with the new covenant. Does that make sense to you? In other words, it all came together so that this country would represent the very best that God had to be a light to the world. And then the second session that we had last Wednesday was, was America God's idea? Was America God's idea that this just something that, like I said earlier, Christopher Columbus just arrived one day and said, well, this is in the way of India, but I think India, but I'll stop anyway. I, I think most of us that have read, turn to your neighbor and say, God loves readers. And the more you read, the more you learn. The less you read, the less you learn. And Paul said, as I say, that he desires that you not be stupid. Where is that? First Corinthians chapter 12, turn to your neighbor and say, and I wasted a Wednesday night to come and hear this. <laughs> now, in other words, the more you learn, the more you understand, and the more you can glean about what America is all about. And, and I do not believe, as I shared last Wednesday, I don't believe America was just by chance. I believe this country was something that God had orchestrated. So now, tonight, what we're going to be talking about is, I believe, one of the most important things that we need to share, and that is that, is America called by God from the very beginning to be a blessing to the nation of Israel? There is no country on the face of the earth that excelled in almost every area in the short period of time like America in everything that we did from our religious freedom to our total freedom to our economic uh, system to the outreach to the world America has been a country that in a, sh- in a few short years couple hundred years most nations disappear after a couple hundred years America is still thriving and going strong so the question is for uh, all three of these sessions was what if? Everybody say, what if? Turn to your neighbor and say, what if? What if America is supposed to be a Christian nation? Now, you may be here and you may say, I don't agree with that. Well, we're playing what if tonight, so play along with us. Uh, what if it was God's divine plan that somebody find this nation? And what if God positioned this country where it is so that we could help Israel and help in the total restoration process that is and has and is continuing to take place in that nation. Now, we're going to read in in Genesis chapter 12 because you might ask yourself, okay, well, where does it say this in the Bible? Well, what if in Genesis chapter 12, when God said, I will make you a great nation to Abraham, I will bless you and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. And in all of the families of the earth, you shall be, they shall be blessed. What if we are called by God to be one of those nations that blesses Israel? Let me just take a show of hands right here, and then we're going to talk about some scriptural things in just a moment. How many of you believe that there is a possibility that America could be a nation called to be a blessing to the nation of Israel? Now, said so it looked like all of you had your hands up, or almost all of you. Now, in Genesis chapter 17, 
And, and you gotta, you got to just be playing this little game with me of what if. So turn to your neighbor and say, I can play what if. Okay. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 91 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. I will make my covenant between me and you, and you will multiply, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. How many nations? Do we have a tie to the Abrahamic covenant as Christians? Are we the seed of Abraham? Could we possibly say, what if that word nations plural includes America? What if that could almost be a prophetic word that that applies to our nation? What if? No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of many Nations. Now, many times we look at that word, or we look at Abraham, and he is the father for Israel. He, he, he went into the land of Israel. But God uses a plural, that nations having to do around the world. Now, let me ask you this question. Who at the present time probably is the biggest number one supporter militarily, financially, and probably spiritually to the nation of Israel, United States of America. Could our blessings be because of what we have done for Israel? But then if you look back to the 1700s when America started, and you say, well, wait a minute, Israel wasn't even a nation. So how could that all have been a part of it? What if God planted us to be ready for the day when Israel was going to become a nation. What if God saw down the road that I need a nation somewhere that will be there for Israel? They'll have their back. What two nations on the face of this earth, now turn to your neighbor and say, remember, we're playing what if. Tell me, I can play it. I can play it. What, what if? Now, what, what two nations on the face of this earth right now would have the strongest covenant relationship with Almighty God. The Abrahamic covenant, everlasting, a land covenant, and a people covenant. I don't know of any other nation besides America that has as its foundation another covenant. Our covenant is with Jesus Christ, and our covenant would be if this land belongs to God. We could call this, this is God's land. We could be in covenant with God for this land and in covenant with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. You say amen to that? So we could look at that and say, wow, we've got a lot in common with Israel. Now, if you look a little bit further, right now, the biggest problem that seems to be in the world today is over the Palestinian situation over the Arab situation and over the Islamic situation over there in the Middle East. And what do they want to do? They want to, the radical part, wants to annihilate and get rid of Israel and throw them into the Mediterranean. The non-radical part, which it all, I believe, is radical at the base, but the non-radical part, they want to change the landscape of Israel. They want to divide Israel. 
Now, a lot of people, American congressmen, even people in the White House, believe that would be a good idea. Now, if we want to know what the original intent was, then what would we have to do? We'd have to go back to somebody that had an idea as to what the original intent would be. Turn to your neighbor and tell them these are not going to be hard questions. Now, if we believe, if we say, well, what if? What if the Bible is true and God meant everything he said in the Old Covenant? And what if the Bible is true, he meant everything he said in the New Covenant? And what if America is to be a player in this? What if all of that is true? Well, then, if somebody in America, in our government, says we need to reevaluate and we need to divide up Israel, well, yeah, that makes sense unless you knew the original intent. But if you knew the original intent, then it wouldn't make sense. Does that make sense? Am I going too fast, too slow? Thelma, are you getting this? Okay, well, if doctor can get it, anybody can get it. So, so anyway, now, what, what, what we have here in the book of Joel, I want to read this to you. Joel chapter 3. Could not find this scripture the other night. It was inside me, and I couldn't find it. I had to call my wife. She is a concordance. Anybody that needs a scripture, call my wife. Okay, I'll give you your cell phone here in just a moment. Joel chapter 3. For, be, for behold, in those days at that time when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into my judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided my land. And God has said when he brings the nation of Israel back together, that land is not going to be divided again. And anybody that tries to divide that land, God is going to bring his wrath and his judgment down. That includes a country that he could set apart to be there for Israel if we continue down the path that we're on right now. And when you hear politicians and you hear people talking about dividing up the land of Israel, your antenna should go up. Your yellow flags, red flags should go up. And you say, wait a minute. That is contrary to the original intent of God for that nation. That's contrary to the original intent of this country to be supporting Israel. And we need to do something about it. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to do about it just a little bit later. Now, let me give you some things real quickly here. America's history with Israel. Our laws based on Christian our laws are based on Christian Judeo values the Bible. Thousands of Old Testament quotes throughout the Bible, Ten Commandments, I talked about that earlier. America referred to by our founding fathers and as many of them as the New Jerusalem. Total freedom of worship, why they came in the first place. Christopher Columbus, possibly from Jewish heritage. Jews have always been welcome to America. Guess what the number one country where Jewish people is in the world other than Israel? These are easy questions, by the way, okay? I'll tell you what, I'll give you the answer first. Number one company is America, okay? Now, what do you think the number one country other than Israel is for the population of Jewish people in the world? Now you can say it like you mean it. It's America. It's America. We are a beacon for the Jewish people. How many of you know who spent most of their money financing the Revolutionary War? He was a Jew by the name of Chaim Solomon who financed the war through George Washington. And it's all in the history books if you want to read it. It's in our National Archives. Now, all of this I say to bring us to this point. 
does America have a historical part to play in the nation of Israel? Now, when America came into existence in 1776, there was no Israel as it exists today. The nation had been decimated. It had been scattered all around the world. But from 1776 up until 1948, including the Holocaust, when 6 million-plus Jews were murdered by a demonic person, Hitler, all of a sudden, the nation can then come back because of Britain and some things that happen through what's called the Balfour Declaration. I don't want to get involved in all this and make it a history lesson. But, but Britain was instrumental in saying the Jewish people that are scattered all over the world need a place to go and need a place to have as their own. Why don't we give them the nation around Palestine, which was theirs in the very beginning? And there was a lot of friction, a lot of fighting, but the United Nations or whatever the world order was at that time came together and they gave them that small piece of land that they have right now, which is nothing compared to what God said they could have. If God, remember we're playing what if, turn to your neighbor and say, remember we're playing what if. What if God positioned America to be ready for Israel when the birth of that nation took place. When it came time, in it was United Nations by then, but when it came time for this declaration to go forth, President Harry Truman is the one who said, we are going to recognize the nation of Israel. America is going to be the first to recognize and come alongside Israel and support Israel in all that they do as a nation. We were the first nation on the face of the earth to stand with Israel. Now, this is what he, he was advised by all of the people in the White House, all of his State Department and everything. Now, I hope this doesn't get boring to you because to me it's not. It's our original intent. This is what Harry Truman said when, they, when he was told, do not recognize Israel because it will make us enemies of the Arab people. It will make us enemies of Islam. Don't do it. Let them fend for themselves. This is what Harry Truman said. The Jewish people have suffered enough. They need a homeland, and it's the right thing to do. And regardless of what people thought, the United States of America was the first country to recognize Israel, and we have stood with Israel ever since. Now, this is how covenant works. When, When you're in covenant with God, whatever he said, he's going to deliver. You just don't know the time frame. But the nation of Israel could not be established the way God wanted it established scripturally until they occupied Jerusalem. And the mandate from the United Nations did not give them Jerusalem. They had a little tiny section of Jerusalem, but they didn't have the old city of Jerusalem. They didn't have the Temple Mount. And so what happened... And some of you will remember this, but in in June the 6th of 1967, uh, Syria, Jordan, and and, uh, Egypt invaded, uh, started to invade Israel. And Prime Minister Golda Meir at that time saw the attack was coming, overwhelming force, overwhelming force. And they knew they could not handle it because they didn't have the armament, they didn't have what was needed. And they called, they they put a request in to the American State Department 
for us to come to the aid of Israel. And the State Department refused. We've got a State Department like that right now. We really do. And it's not, it's not talking per se politics, but, but when people say you shouldn't talk about religion or politics, they've missed the very essence of America. Religion should be in our polit- political system. One of the reasons we have such a broken down political system is because men and women of faith got out of it. They got frustrated with it and they started letting it go. And they started letting the federal government take over whatever they wanted to take over. Folks, Jesus Christ is the answer for this nation, not a government, not a party. Doesn't matter whether Republican or Democrat. You've got good people on both sides, got bad people on both sides. But in 1967, just before that war started, Golda Meir at 3 o'clock in the morning called President Nixon. Now, a lot of people think President Nixon was a horrible president. Did he do some things wrong? Yeah, yeah, sure he did. Can I see the hands of all the people that know somebody that's done something wrong? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't see a full, full group of hands, but that's okay. Now, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, called President Nixon and uh, pleaded her case with him. And within 24 hours, they had the tanks, they had the ammunition, they had everything they need. And those of you that know history, in six days, Israel wiped out Jordan, their military, they flee, they retreated, wiped out Egypt, they retreated, wiped out every one of them. And it was because when the call came to President Nixon, when he was raised as a Quaker, his mother told him, Richard, someday... If you are ever in a position to help Israel, do it. It was because she knew the importance of the nation of Israel. Now listen, it didn't exist. Turn to your neighbor and say, it didn't exist. She told him to help Israel, and the nation didn't even exist when she told him. Folks, that is prophetic. That is prophetic. I believe we live in a prophetic nation. Now, I've got to hurry along here because, because it, this is a result of President Nixon listening to his mother's device, uh, advice. Israel captured, this is the result of God using America on Israel's behalf. Israel captured the Sinai Peninsula, the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, the Golan Heights, and all of the old city of Jerusalem. And then the United Nations said, you need to give it back. And you know what? I don't know what they told them, but I would have used a little profanity. But anyway, uh, we're not giving anything back. Now, then came the Yom Kippur War on October the 6th. And Russia supplied uh, all of their equipment, their, their equipment to Egypt and Syria to attack on Yom Kippur, the most holy day for Israel. And America supplied Israel. And it was a standoff. And America beat them back and got rid of the country. God has used America time and time and time again for Israel. Now, what we have to do is understand that prophetically, how many of you believe we live in the end days? Folks, it's going to, it's going to be all about Israel. It's going to be all about Israel. And, and, it, and if we're thinking that America is going to be a big player in all of this, and it's all about us, and it's all about this, and it's going to be all about Israel. It's going to be all about Israel. Our focus needs to be on Israel. And our focus needs to be that Israel is the apple of God's eye, and if we take care of Israel, 
Israel will take care of us. Does that make sense? In other words, you plant the seed, they'll come back. So well, what about all of our needs? Take care of their needs and you'll be okay. Well, I only got $100. Give it to somebody else and that'll be multiplied back to you. In other words, it's not about us. It's about what God wants. And God is ha- the center. If you can get this revelation, it'll, it'll help you with everything that's going to happen between now and, and, and the return of Jesus. The center of the world. The entire, how many of you realize that in America, the center of the world, uh, America is, I think it's Wichita, is it? Bill, you seem to know everything. This, isn't it Wichita? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody know for sure? I, is it Wichita? Say it again. Yes. Wichita? So, so in other words, if you want the center of the United States, it's Wichita. If you want the center of God's world, it's Jerusalem. Everything in the world, the earth and the fullness thereof in the world belong to who? Where is his capital? What is the center of God's world? Jerusalem. And who does Jerusalem belong to? The apple of God's eye. And who's the apple of God's eye? All the people that live there? No. Israel is the apple of God's eye. And they'll take care of all the rest of the people. So what we've got to do then is understand that, okay, we need to pray for Israel and take care of them. Now, this is what, this is what when I was over there recently, and Pam was over there too, a lot longer than I was, but, but the Iron Dome, have you ever heard of the Iron Dome? The Iron Dome was financed for the most part, most of it, some of it was from Israel, but by, by America in conjunction with Israel, and Israeli scientists put it all together, and the Iron Dome is now protecting that nation against Hamas, Hezbollah, and everybody else that's over there wants to destroy them. And, and all of that technology, all of that money that we spent over there for that technology Guess where all of that tech, not, not all of it, because Israel has it there to defend themselves. Guess where that technology also exists today? It exists in the United States of America, and we have the Iron Dome capacity right here in our own country should anybody ever try to bring ballistic missiles into America. Because we planted a seed in Israel, and it came back. Israel's the apple of God's eye, and anybody that helps Israel is going to be what? They're going to be blessed. So could we... Could we be positioned where we are today to be a blessing to the nation of Israel? Folks, if you get involved in your history books, you're going to find out we are there. Now, so what do we do? Well, we're running out of time. Okay, what do we do? What, what part do I play? I mean, you might say, what am I, what am I going to do? I'm going to I watch television, pop popcorn, and drink a Coke. Just describe my night, by the way. Uh, but, but, but anyway, uh, uh, what, but, but what do I do? You have a part to play. Every single one of us have a part to play. When Daniel prayed and spoke the words that he spoke, and the archangel came, and he said to Daniel, I have come because of your words. How many people were praying that we know of? Daniel. And Daniel was the only one praying, and the archangel responded to Daniel's words. Your words have power, but if you don't know what to do or say, then you don't have any power. Now, I don't know how many of you be honest with me, because it's very difficult, but if you want to, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to take a little survey. How many of you, within the last 24 hours, have prayed for Israel? Eight hands. How many of you within the last week have prayed for Israel? Now, it doesn't mean that any of you are bad. It just means you didn't think about it. 
Does that make sense? You do whatever you think about. You get up, you think, you, you know, you're, you're, everything we do is based on our thought pattern. But if we knew the importance of it, then we would pray for them on a regular basis, would we not? In other words, we'd make that a priority if we're placed here. Now, that's not to put you down, but can God come for your words? Well, I haven't really said anything. Well, there are no words for him to come for. But if you stood up, the moment you hear somebody talk and say, uh, I don't want to use any names. You all know me well enough to know who I'm talking about anyway. But no matter who the person is, if they say something contrary to what you know is the original intent of this nation and the word of God based on the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you need to bind those words. And I know that sometimes <laughs> my wife will say, you know, he yells at the TV set. I, I don't need to be yelling at the TV set. I, I really know that. I really don't. But when you hear something that is not right, you need to be a Daniel. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be a Daniel. Lord, I bind those words. That is contrary to Scripture. That's contrary to our covenant. That is a person who's going the wrong direction and trying to take this direction uh, down the wrong path. I bind those words in the name of Jesus. Do you have that power and ability? That's awfully weak. Do you have that power and ability? But if you don't have the knowledge or the wisdom, or you hear something, you say, well, that sounds right. I mean, why wouldn't we want to do that? I don't want anybody to feel bad about themselves. Duh, yellow flag going up. No, no, if you're going down the wrong road, you need to change roads. But if you don't know what road you're supposed to be going down, you're never going to change the road. Esther, what did she say when she saved her entire race? Esther, maybe you've been called for a time such as this. Turn to your neighbor and say, maybe you've been called for a time such as this. What if everybody in the body of Christ had a revelation from the Holy Spirit of what they're supposed to be doing in everything, especially regarding the Holy Spirit? 2 Timothy, I want to read this to you over here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Maybe, maybe it was just because of me that this really, this really, really ministered to me. 2 Timothy 23, 26. For the time frame we're living in, I'm going to paraphrase real quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 4 is talking about the end times. And it's talking about how people are going to want have itchy ears and they only want to hear things that don't bother them. And they just don't want to be messed up with anything important in life. They just want to, que sera, sera, it's all about me. It's all about what I want, what I want, what I want. And, and it's telling us that we need to be ready for the perilous times and we're going to be the teachers and the people that tell people, no, that's right. I mean, that's wrong. That, that is wrong. And we don't get angry angry and we don't get frustrated, but we correct with meekness and humility. Now, this is what it says. I need a little bit more of that humility when I correct. I know that. But verse number 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility. This is the part I like. Correcting those who are in opposition if God perhaps will grant them repentance repentance, so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil have been t- having been taken captive to do his will. How many of you would say that the United States of America and the government of the United States of America seems in many situations to have been taken captive by the devil? And it's going the wrong direction, and they're not listening to the Holy Spirit at all if they even know of the Holy Spirit. And that is exactly what's happened. 
And that's what you and I are called to do. In the second Timothy chapter three and four, it says, convince, convince, rebuke, and exhort people. In other words, it's time to not be quiet. Tell your neighbors, time to not be quiet. We see the hands of all the people. I said this a couple of Sundays ago. You've been in situations before when something, you know, maybe about Israel, maybe something else came up, and somebody's saying things, and you know they're going the wrong direction. And you just feel this thing inside you. You just read to speak up, and you need to be an oracle for God. And you feel this thing inside you, so pushing it down. Just like that. Can I see the hands of all the people? If the body of Christ doesn't speak up long enough, we will lose our nation. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that. And they say, no, God will always take care of us. God takes care of us through his people. Israel lost their nation because they would not do what he told them to do. And I believe God's speaking to the people of this country to return to our original intent. And we're going to have to do it if we want to make a difference. Matthew sixteen nineteen: what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You've heard me say that scripture a lot. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I'll tell you what, when you see somebody open their mouth and say something that's contrary to us, that's in a position of authority, and you see them saying things that they shouldn't be saying about anything that has to do with the Lord or anything that has to do with the Word of God, and especially with Israel, you need to bind their words. And it was Bensonita Hosa many years ago over in Nigeria. The president, is a, a, a Muslim, was elected. This is many years ago. Benson's already going to be with the Lord. And uh, Benson had a huge outreach uh, church and, and many churches throughout Nigeria. And the Islamic president uh, went on national television and he said that Nigeria is no longer a Christian nation. It is a Muslim nation. And Benson Nidahosa went on television about all the time he could. And he said, I rescind the order of the president of Nigeria. We are a Christian nation, and I rescind everything that he has said. And you all need to go to the capital, and you all need to call him, and you all need to. And he just mobilized the entire nation of Israel or of Nigeria, and they inundated the capital. And the, and the president, the newly elected president, went back on television, and he said, I rescind my order. We are still a Christian nation. Folks, we need to have have that kind of tenacity when we say I rescind those words those are not right I bind those words in the name of Jesus we are a Christian nation in covenant with almighty God and you can't tell us we're not and our constitution reflects it but if we don't say anything we're just going to come see come saw whatever it doesn't matter God will take care of us maybe yes maybe no don't think that we could not do enough away from God that we wouldn't lose the blessings of God because I believe it could happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. I believe it could happen. Zechariah 1.17 My cities again shall spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and I will again choose Jerusalem as my home. And then in Zechariah 2.8 and this is, this is why we should be there for the Israeli people. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of God's eye. Let's all stand to our feet. Now, I believe that every single one of us have an assignment to pray and to seek the will of God for our lives, to pray for those people around us, to pray for our nation. Second Chronicles 7.14 is interesting 
most of you know the scripture. But if we'll humble ourselves and pray that God will hear our prayers and that he will heal our land. But the way he starts that, it says, if my people who are called by my name, he's not talking about the sinners. He's not talking about the people who are not in covenant with him. He's talking about his people. If my people who are called by my name, I believe last report I heard that in America, approximately 70 to 80% of the American public proclaim to be Christian. I don't know what that means. That's what they proclaim. That's what surveys have shown. But I do know this, that of 80% of 350 or whatever it is, we're close to 350 million people. If 80% of 350 million people proclaim the covenant that we have and proclaim the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, this nation will stop sliding the wrong way and would be going the right way. A small percent can never control a large percent if the large percent is in covenant with Almighty God. But I'll say the same thing. A small percent in with covenant with God can change the whole course of the world and the nation. Bow your heads with me just for a moment. Hope this wasn't too deep or too much information to pass on to you tonight, but I really felt that this is the way we were to conclude this. And Bill Fetter will be here with a powerful word, a powerful word next Wednesday night. But as we're talking about covenant, while we're, while your heads are bowed, there's nobody moving around. I have this question to ask you. Do you know that you are in covenant relationship with God? And the way that you come into covenant relationship is you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're here tonight and I'd ask this question, do you, do you know that if you died tonight, you would, you would go to be with Jesus in heaven? And if you're not sure, then tonight can be your night to give your heart to the Lord. Maybe you're here and you're like that prodigal son, that prodigal person. You know you've walked away from the things of God. He still loves you, but he wants you to come back to him. And all over this church, if you'd say, Pastor, that's me, you have described me. I want that assurance. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you. You say, I know my life is not right with the Lord. I don't know if I died tonight. I go to be with Jesus, but I I want that assurance. He'll take away all of your sin, all of your heartache. He'll heal your heart. It's just by coming into covenant relationship with him. Take just a moment. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Then that means, if I am correct, that every single person here is in covenant relationship with Almighty God, and that you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside you to lead, to guide you, to bind, to loose. 
The binding and loosing part comes. Jesus said, those are the keys to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that we have that ability in every situation. How many of you, my hand is raised to, how many of you think you could do a better job of praying for the apple of God's eye, the nation of Israel? Father, we repent of times when maybe we saw something in the news, on television, wherever, and, and, and we read it and we shook our head, but we went on. But we didn't do what Daniel did. We didn't cry out and speak words that you could act upon. Lord, I, I pray that we would be energized, active, alive. The Word of God says through your Son that the violent take it by force. Violent meaning enthusiastic, energetic, active, alive people. Cognizant of the world that we live in. On assignment from you to proclaim the word of God and to bind the words of the devil who would try to continue to take this nation the wrong way. Lord, we, we choose to make a difference. Not just by praying for Israel but by praying for this nation, this Christian nation where Jesus is being magnified. And Lord, we refuse, we refuse to go the direction of what some people would have us to go. We declare that America is a city upon a hill, a bright light to the world. We yield to you, Lord for you to use us any way that you desire. Let's make this confession. Lord, forgive me for not being the voice that I should for Israel, for America, and for whatever you lead me to say. I desire to be bold, not combative, humble, but forceful. Lead me Guide me by your Holy Spirit. I desire to fulfill your will and your plan for my life. I believe America has an assignment from you. And I'll pray for my 